bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome. Pull up a seat, grab a cup, and get ready to share, listen, and learn. This is my favorite coffee story with your host, Aniko Samoji. You'll hear about the stories about coffee itself, the history, health benefits, recipes, and more, along with some personal stories inspired by coffee and the lifestyle. Now, here is Aniko Somoji. Welcome to my favorite coffee story. We have an incredible show today. We're talking about behind the scenes, a look at radio and coffee. We're live at Digital Hollywood in Los Angeles today. So exciting. And before we introduce our special guest today, we have our Anikona Farm moment. So people have been asking me about what is Peaberry Coffee? And I thought I might just go behind the scenes quickly and share with you a little bit about Peaberry. It's the size of a pea. And actually, it's the whole bean. And what makes it so special? Some people say it has a real intense, delicious Kona taste, our Anikona pea berry. Other people say that because it roasts so evenly, because it's the whole bean, it just tumbles beautifully in the roaster, and it might actually be evenly roasted. So it has a very robust flavor. So that's a little bit about pea berry. It's like gold in our coffee community. It's very rare to find pea berry. Out of the 12,000 pounds we picked at Anikona Farm, we had 1,500 pounds of estate grade Anikona coffee, and of that 1,500 pounds, 75 pounds only in pea berries. So we've been sharing pea berry. We have very little left, but if you ever have a chance to try it, it's truly delicious. So let's get started with our show. We are behind the scenes, a look at radio and coffee. And Robert Cilino is joining us. He's the senior executive producer at voiceamerica.com. And we are so delighted that you've joined us today, Robert. We are so glad. Welcome. So it's a pleasure. I'm so happy to be on your show. Thank you so much for having me. So happy you're here, Robert, and we're, we're really excited to share with our listeners all around the world what it takes to produce a radio show and really go behind the scenes. It's really exciting. And we thought we would just share a little bit about your early days, Robert, and your growing up times and family times. Please share with our listeners. Well, I love that. So um, we'll s- stick to, to radio. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Wait a minute. Not all those other times. <laughs> so uh, when the car didn't come home in one piece. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> no, we won't do those. So, um, so I fell in love with radio in 1976. Right. I remember it was November 1976. So my grandfather comes to visit, right, coming, yes. coming in for the holidays. And he pulls up in his big rig and he's like, I want to introduce you to something. It's called a CB radio. And I said, okay, what's that? So he takes me out, get in the car, fires it up. And he says, okay, so since you're not licensed, you have to use my handle, Silver Fox. So I'm like this 11-year-old boy as the Silver Fox, right, which is kind of funny. And I start talking to people. And as I'm talking to people, I realize you can have a conversation with people that you don't know. And other people will come into the conversation. And now you're building this community. 
And um, they had to drag me out of that car every single night. I mean, oh, kicking and right? screaming. It's like time for bed. They're pulling me out of this car. I think I killed the car battery at least two or three times <laughs> during that visit, just sitting out there on that radio. And um, that was my first introduction. And then when Christmas came along, I got a base station, and I could talk to people a lot further away. And then I spent uh, maybe a year just learning to talk to people and having those conversations. Yes. And then we moved to Germany. And in Germany, we couldn't use the CB radio. It wasn't right. licensed. So I started my own small pirate radio station. I hacked together a few things. And in Germany? In Germany. Yeah, it would only transmit about a block. right? <laughs> and my friends would listen in. And I was playing music and getting on the air after school and getting in trouble for that a little bit. You know, they, they said I couldn't do that anymore. Fortunately, um, they, shut, they didn't. No fines, just not allowed to broadcast anymore. So that was my first experience. That's really incredible. So you were in Germany. How did you end up in Germany, Robert? So my father at the time was a, a major. Major, yes, he was a major in the Army. Okay. And so we went there. Um, he changed his mode of service uh, from helicopter pilot, right, to club management because he knew that he wasn't going to, you know, he's going to retire and then didn't want to fly, but he wanted to do something fun. Okay. So we, we ended up over there because he was running the military clubs in Germany. So uh -huh. that's how we ended up there. So we were there for three years. And it was really fun. We got to travel over Europe and have a great time. And um, that's how we got there. And so when you're in Germany, how, how was school there? It was, it was really, we went to an American high school okay. in Germany. So, but went off the economy as much as possible also to get immersed in the culture. And this was 1977, 78, 79. So Germany was much different than it is today right, right, right. in culture. But it was still just a wonderful place. And you learned enough German to get along on the economy, to get, you know, get things and, and talk to people just enough. And um, started my first, I, I want to say job, uh, spinning records in nightclubs at, 12, 12 years old, <laughs> right, really? in Germany, because no, no legal drinking age limit, right? So I had a huge record collection and <laughs> just started spinning records and started getting little gigs here and there. So we were spinning records at 12 in Germany and maybe drinking a little beer, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, the beer is really good really in good. Germany. Yeah. So, so then how did you venture from Germany to Hawaii? So many different paths on that, right? So, yes. So from Germany uh, to Kansas, right, uh, then to Georgia, and then to Hawaii. Now, I spent a little time in Hawaii when I was younger also, so okay. in grade school. Um, and that was quite a few years before that. Then my father got stationed back in Hawaii for a while, and um, I went back and visited a little bit, and then decided I was going to move there. Uh, went into the Army. And then when I came out of the Army, I said, oh, this is where I'm going, right? Yes. And then went there and stayed there for about 10 years. I see. And during those times, did you have any fun, favorite coffee stories, Robert? Oh, well, Wailana Coffee House on Oahu. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. So every night is a Saturday night in Hawaii, right? And especially yes. when you're in your 20s, right? So many, many a nights out until the break of day, no sleep. And Wailana Coffee House was the place we would go and resuscitate ourselves, right? <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> Waikiki, Wailana Coffee House, lots of coffee, a big breakfast, and then go to the beach and pass out and sleep. <laughs> yes. 
Oh, that's so funny. Uh, and along those, those times, were there some special people in your life that really inspired you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, a lot of good friends, right? Um, right. Started a couple businesses there. Right. So really inspired. And yes, fueled by coffee for sure. (laughs) Right. I mean, you know, you're you're going out um, on the booze cruises, not not to drink, but we we did a photography concession on the booze cruises there for a kind of catamarans. And so you go from daytime to nighttime to late night to the cruises and then coming off the cruises and coffee would keep you alive and awake (laughs) during those cruises and times. So, um, but yeah, my business partners, my my good friends, uh, community in Hawaii is amazing. And um, I think inspiration-wise, uh, we, we just all pulled together, right? Yes. I mean, because when you first get there, it's hard to live there, right? I mean, it really True. is, especially in, in your 20s, right? So you have to find things. So starting businesses and, and making those networks and communities, uh, that's what kept us going. Absolutely. So then what would you say really sparked your interest, like the passion that you have for the Internet? Oh, wow. Uh, I was working for Ritz Camera Centers at the time. Okay. It was quite a while back. And the internet was sort of just coming along. Right. And um, one day I decided that I was going to take a project on. So I, I called up my boss and I said, okay, I need two hours at our next big you know, event where we all come together. And I need a projector. I need an internet connection. I need a few things. And he was the vice president of that particular space. And he said, all right, I trust you. It's a surprise. I said, yeah. He says, okay, you got it. I'll get you anything. You can't give me a hint. I said, no, no hint at all. So um, I, I picked up a book, learned HTML, because this is before they had, you know, assembly programs, anything else like that. And I built out an entire That's piece incredible. for its camera centers. Everything <gasps> from communication to parts ordering, exploded diagrams, click maps, autofill forms for our, our systems and presented that. And amazing, yeah, it was, Robert. It was it was really cool, but that's what sparked me. Okay. That really did because that I had to moment. learn all of that, right? I had to learn all that to build oh, that definitely. whole system, and then went in and I loved it because it was right after lunch, worst time slot in the world, right? Everybody's like this, <laughs> sleeping, and all of a sudden people just kept moving in and over and over, and now they're leaning way into this. And by the time I was done, they had their whole tech department <gasps> there, and they said, wow. "You know, you don't even realize what you did." <laughs> you have no clue what you did. And from then on, I was in love with the Internet. And then you went into online marketing and social media and web development. Please share with us um, some of your favorite projects. Oh, gosh. Okay. So that was my, f- I, honestly, I'm going to say that was one of my m- most imagine. favorite projects because it was my first project. And it was a big project, right? right? And it was learning everything from scratch and having no idea what it was and just making it happen. Um, I built some really cool projects for uh, custom Jeep companies that build all kinds of really cool automotive pieces, uh, lots of store products for people um, that sell high-end pieces and parts, uh, marketing campaigns. I did a lot of startups for art galleries because at one point in time I was a partner in art galleries. So I took that and worked with small galleries and helped them market themselves and understand marketing. And it's really nice because I still have one old client that has now just barely started taking all the things I taught them like five, seven, eight years ago and are using them. And I got this, you know, it's like, yeah, we're finally doing what you said we should be doing. And guess what? It's working. (laughs) That's great. Thank you for sharing, Robert. You're welcome. So we've mentioned how you're senior executive producer at voiceamerica.com. And Voice America is the leading network for original live internet 
Talk Radio. And I'm curious for our listeners how you became involved with Voice America. I love this. (laughs) You know, it's family. You know, Voice America is family. Uh, The culture is amazing. So being a part of it is really it's something you love to do. And my wife and I. Um, I I'd worked for GoDaddy for a while. I went to work for GoDaddy for five years to learn everything else I n- ever needed to know about the Internet. Yes. <laughs> so I like to put myself in positions where I learn something that I want to understand and what better way to go and work and get paid for learning. So um, I went there and worked for five years, and we finally decided I'd learned everything I was going to learn. I moved up as far as I could move up, you know, mm-hmm. at the time. And um, so my wife and I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to leave GoDaddy, and we're going to start our business together. My wife's degree is in marketing. She's amazing. And so we started working with small companies again in the Scottsdale area of Arizona. Oh, I see. And we started helping with their marketing plans and more web development and a bunch of other things. And one day, of course, you're always, when, you're, when you have your own business, you're always hunting and searching for the next client. And I happened across the Voice America ad because I was looking in that radio field again, you know, trying to find spaces. And I showed this to my wife and my wife, Jennifer, and she said, oh, she goes, you know you love radio. You know you love that. You know you love everything about that. You have to, you have to do that. And, and I said, no, you know, I love what we're doing. She said, no, no, you don't understand. You have to do it, and if you don't, I'm going to apply. <laughs> I'm so glad she encouraged you, Robert. Oh, that's so fun. And I'm wondering if you could, in a, just a few words, maybe describe a little bit about voiceamerica.com and what all that they do. So voiceamerica.com, other, you know, other than the world's leading provider of live internet, original content, talk radio. Yes. Um, we're a, a brand culture. So everything that comes from the top, Mr. Jeff Spinard is our CEO. And he resonates this frequency that comes down to all of us to be creative. It's a company that isn't afraid to let their producers go out and seek what they really want to produce, knowing that when you find that person that you want to work with and it really gels and it really works, you create great radio. So it's a culture first and foremost, right? Oh, that, I see. That, yes. That really comes down. And also an amazing people like Ryan Treasure, right? He heads up our, I mean, he's our vice president of network operations, right? And he heads up our engineering department. And we have engineers that are second to none as Yes, hello to all our engineer (laughs) friends and (laughs) A-Rod. And um, so that culture exists there as well. And then we're trainers and we're coaches. And all of our producers work with all of the people that they work with and they coach them. And and the beauty is it's not only radio. It's anything that that person knows, they're going to give that, right? So it doesn't start and stop with just radio. And then, of course, television and, of course just rolling forward into everything else. Well, it's been wonderful to see how Voice America has really grown and to grow into so many different areas. And uh, it must be fun living in Phoenix. How are you finding living in Phoenix? I love Phoenix. You know, it's interesting because I came from California to Phoenix, and that was almost 20 years ago. And moving all over the planet as a younger person, I've never lived in any place longer than Phoenix, so <laughs> so it's become my home, and uh, we, my wife and I live in Cave Creek, which is officially the home of cowboys and caviar. Right? Yes, <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> and um, you can go out and have a really wonderful, you know, four-star, five-star dining experience, and then go right across the street and watch people ride bulls in the evening. 
And uh, <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's a real juxtaposition, just crossing the street. It's really, really fun. So fun. And before we go to break, Robert, we would love to share with our listeners how you travel across country and you actually interview keynote speakers and guests for Voice America. Love Please. it. Just, just like this right here that we're doing. And you, yes. well, Tom, how about your experience today? Robert, <laughs> it's been a wonderful time here. I've been so honored. It's been a fun day being here with Voice America. And Um, I can't tell you how much I'm enjoying it. So thank you so much for having me. So as we go to break uh, for our listeners and with Robert, we've been having so much fun chatting with Robert Cialino. He's the senior executive producer at voiceamerica.com. We're going to ask Robert what it takes. We're going behind the scenes right after the break, what it takes to produce a radio show. Please join us. From our home to your speakers, voiceamerica.com. My favorite coffee story is brought to you by Anikona Farm, where every bean we grow represents a great story somewhere in the world. When you buy coffee from Anikona Farm, you're investing in new memories, stories, and experiences. We harvest our beans with your future story in our heart. So from our heart to yours... Enjoy the Anikona experience. May your coffee story be as rich and delicious as our Kona coffee with love. Please visit Anikona.com and get your Anikona Story coffee special today. What's your coffee story? The one that defines who you truly are in a relaxing setting. It's where you share your memories, plan for the future, and talk about the now. My favorite coffee story is here with host Aniko Samoji. We invite you to listen in and share your coffee stories too. Bring your friends or just stop by as we talk about coffee and the inspiring stories that touch our lives every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. You are listening to My Favorite Coffee Story with Aniko Samoji. Drop us a line and share your story. Our email address is orders at anikona.com. Again, that's orders at anikona.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to My Favorite Coffee Story. We are live at Digital Hollywood in Los Angeles. And we've had such fun chatting with Robert Cialino. He is a senior executive producer at voiceamerica.com. That's the leading network of original live Internet talk radio. And we were just chatting with Robert about all his early days living in Germany and Hawaii and how that spark and the passion for the Internet happened. And that was so interesting to hear. And we were just going to ask Robert about... 
really, what goes on behind the scenes in producing a radio show? Please share with us, Robert. Excellent question. So um, it's a search in the beginning, and it's finding somebody that you really want to work with. And I'm sure you remember as well, putting together a proposal for the network and pitching that proposal, making sure that it's something the network really loves, and then we go forward from there. Then that's, that's the beginning of the hard work. And then we, we come together and we start the training process. And then we set our schedules with our hosts and really bring them into the space and work with them on a weekly basis. I think the really fun part about that is, is that that's why I get to give everything that I know to people. And I love to just give what I've got and never ask anything in return. I mean, if I give it to you, it's yours. Please do something great with it, right? And, um, and do something even more than I've ever done with it, which is always my hope that every host grows beyond even needing me for anything, right? And we'll, we'll have evolution and we'll talk about other things. Maybe we go down the road of sponsorship, advertisers, doing yes. live events, things like this. But I think the really great part about what we do is partnering with somebody on a, a real adventure to take a concept and turn it into an amazing piece of content week after week after week and grow that show. And as you know, just starting in the beginning, it's just the beginning. And then as we grow the show and we do our coaching sessions and we take the show and polish it and change a few things and then the host takes off on their own and they start to fly right out of the nest and into the, into the world, I get to watch that evolution and become a coach on different levels is every producer very similar right right and we make sure that we give you everything that you need and the tools to go forward and voice america is a major support system right i mean you've got engineers you've got people you know like ryan <laughs> right who great who runs support our engineering system department. yes a rod right a rod yes. thanks a rod and um we just go forward from there and i think the great thing is is that the show just grows we also focus on numbers and listenership and yes. we, we grow those and then strategize about how to find great guests and move forward so it's really learning experience in a growth growth process i love it myself personally i loved i'm i'm the person that likes to partner with somebody and grow together with that person right so th that's a really really great part about what well, we and, do and robert you do an amazing job as Thank a senior you. executive producer and I certainly am grateful to all your Thanks, help along the way, and I know also our fellow hosts are very grateful to you. So Thank you. You're, um, you're always very encouraging and positive, and we learn a lot from you. So thank you so much. You're so welcome. So thank you for kind of sharing how the whole process starts and what it takes to produce a radio show. How would you describe the, the team or the vibe? You mentioned that you know everyone's so wonderful to work with at Voice America. Com. Amazing. No, they are. So, so the vibe is, is the vibe is really a culture of experience, but also I want to say it's a very collaborative space, right? So there isn't yes. a single person within Voice America, not a producer that won't share. So it's a real collaborative, real sharing space. I'll give any producer any information that I have. Any producer will give me the information they have. It's not a competitive space, right? We all want great shows, and we all want to grow shows, and yes. we all want to really help our hosts. But no one is trying to be the best producer, right? I mean, we all are trying to just be our best selves, and we work together. And that's, that's really the spirit behind Voice America. And that really does come down the top from Mr. Jeff Spinard. I mean, when he walks in the door... Even though it's a great vibe all the time, but when he walks in the door, that place just picks up, right? Even more. And it just takes that vibration to even a higher level. So 
I love the fact that we're not all competing against each other and the fact that we're really trying yes. to grow and help each other. And it's, that's, that's the real vibe there. And it's a wonderful place. I drive over an hour every day to get there and an hour home at night, you know, from my commute because I love being there. The team is really special and unique. And I'd have to say every person with whom I've worked at Voice America has been so helpful and professional and very much focused on team efforts and work. So I I feel so grateful to be part of that team. So thank you. And thanks for describing the vibe. You're welcome. We're grateful to have you too. (laughs) (laughs) And, And Robert, so how do you all decide on the equipment and kind of tell us sort of the ins and outs of what it takes to produce that radio show, kind of behind the scenes. What does the studio look like? Oh, my. I wish I had a picture I could just show right now. And Ryan should chime in on something right here, too, because he has a huge part in what equipment that we have and work with. Right, Ryan? Let's welcome Ryan (laughs) Treasure. He's the VP of Broadcast Operations at Voice America. Welcome, Ryan. Hey, thanks for having me on. So we were just talking about sort of the, what it takes to produce a radio show from an equipment standpoint and all the logistics. Please describe what the studio is like. Uh, yeah, so we have quite a few individuals in our studio as audio engineers that are running shows uh, for 12 hours a day. We open up our day at uh, 5 o'clock in the morning Pacific time uh, is when our first engineer comes in and starts the opening procedures and checking all the live audio feeds and streams and you know all those pieces that go around with uh, making sure all the audio is up and operational for the day. Uh, and then our first live shows kick off at 6 a.m. Uh, and then those shows broadcast from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. on a daily basis. And then we have a limited run schedule that runs on Saturday with about five shows that go live every Saturday Uh, and we have five audio engineers uh, that are running boards uh, kind of uh, uh, you know different shows during each hour throughout the day and two different shifts we have a you know a a morning opener a mid-morning person uh, and then we have an afternoon person and then a late afternoon person Uh, so those four people and then one rover who comes in and kind of helps out uh, uh, throughout the day and that's just on the uh, radio operational side and then of course uh, you know we're we're maintaining and managing equipment also inside the studio and making sure the phone lines and uh, Skype connections and data connections and uploading and all of those components are working. Uh, and then uh, for myself specifically, I'm responsible for maintaining our mobile application feeds and all the content going to those as well as uh, making sure the website is operational on a daily basis. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, working components that go along with uh, managing the studio, uh, but I, would, I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with our listeners. That really brings us it brings it to life for us so we made it kind of made us feel like we were in the studio there with you ryan so thank well, you we are, we are essentially in a mobile <laughs> we are studio, we right? are live we, we packed up half the equipment and brought it over here for the event definitely so you got involved in radio it seems like quite a while ago uh, like in 1999 or so and yep. uh have been so you're very experienced and you also do a radio show what are your favorite parts of being part of radio um, well, honestly, I got into radio because I love pushing buttons. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny thing is, is I started out in 1998 in radio as a salesperson uh, working at a, tradi- a, a terrestrial or land-based AM station in Phoenix. And uh, I did that job for about six months, and I met my friend Chad, and he said, 
you should come back to the control room and check out what we're doing because he knew I was a DJ at the time and uh, okay. so and that was the end of sales for me at that point <laughs> so yeah it was great and uh, we've been twisting knobs and pushing buttons ever since uh, so uh, this is uh, going on almost my 20th year in uh, in radio as a whole that's fantastic. Well, we're so glad you're here, and thanks so much for making things run so smoothly, Ryan. It's great to talk to you. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. Oh, really fun. By chance, uh, Ryan, do you have any fun favorite coffee stories during your 20 years of radio broadcasting? I have a lot of, lot of stories. <laughs> uh, uh, coffee story, all right, I'll give you an example. Uh, I used to do overnights at uh, an AM station in, in Phoenix. And so when I did overnights and overnights, uh, for those of you who don't know, you basically work from two o'clock in the afternoon till five o'clock in the morning. Uh, and we had uh, radio Monday through Saturday that started at 10 PM that we had a, a, a branded segment for several hours each night called revolution radio. Um, and during revolution radio, uh, the program director at the time gave all of the people who worked at the station an opportunity to have their own show, uh, uh, to do different things. So um, because I worked overnights, I engineered all of those shows with the people that were there at the station. So I got the opportunity to do some crazy shows. And um, if it was not for coffee in general during uh, those late night hours, I don't think I would have made it until five o'clock in the morning because, uh, you know, eight straight hours of live radio every day, five days a week, and then Saturdays and Sundays for uh, filling and stuff like that. Uh, if you don't have coffee, you're probably not going to make it. And we didn't, and we didn't uh, like Red Bull and, uh, and all that stuff didn't exist at the time. So it was, uh, you know, two shots of espresso and a regular cup of coffee and a bunch of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> Those are great stories, Ryan. Thanks so much for sharing. So we've been chatting with Ryan Treasure. He's the VP of Broadca Broadcast Operations at VoiceAmerica.com. Thanks for taking us behind the scenes, Ryan. Really appreciate it. So, Robert, we were chatting about the vibe of the team. And Voice America is truly a special place. How would you describe in a few words sort of the unique elements of Voice America? What are those elements? That's hard to describe in just a few words. I think um, so the unique elements are the think tank that, that drives the, the growth of the company. So it's a collaborative effort in the think tank as well. And I think a major effort is always understanding and, uh, and knowing uh, – what the next trend is. Okay. Right. So we want to make sure that that's going on. And also uh, behind the scenes in that space is that we're always making sure that um, we're producing great quality content that serves a purpose versus just creating content. Right. That's exactly. An, an important element. Right. And um, also I think that just pushing boundaries like in the live space like this. I mean, we like to get out and interview people and grow and learn from their experiences, you know, as I get to grow and learn from all the hosts that I work with, which is another favorite part of that. But that also grows the company. So we listen to right. the, the people that we work with. And, and if they bring something into our mix that will help us grow, we don't just turn a blind eye and say, you know, we know what we're doing. We say, that's great. Let's roll forward with that. That's true. And you mentioned the trends. How would you describe the latest trends in radio and Internet radio, Robert? Wow. Latest trends in Internet radio. I think... Um, you're starting to see a lot of people come into experiential and storytelling, right? And, oh, right. And that, that tends to, to do that. And also leadership and development training within space. So now we see shows that are coming together that are teaching and training and moving people forward and sharing experiences like that. Also trending is um, getting out there in the world and, and putting yourself out into a space that is vulnerable, right? So people are 
sharing more of their actual experiences versus let's just build a show around some subject matter. They're really bringing themselves forward. Very true. Very true. I have found with the guests, uh, kind of going behind the scenes of the guests at at, uh, My Favorite Coffee Story, I've just been so inspired by their stories. And there's such a beautiful element to be able to share stories and and hear our guests talk about their personal journeys and and then of course we weave fun coffee stories interesting coffee stories in between but that's the power and the beauty of radio is to be able to hear firsthand those inspiring stories and that's been a real fun part of my favorite coffee story is, is sharing the stories so I was wondering, we were going to share maybe a little bit about an example. You do hundreds of programs at Voice America, hundreds. But maybe just for our listeners, a few examples of some of the programs that Voice America does. Wow, that's great. So we have your show. <laughs> My favorite. Which I have, oh, we, so we, fun to do. We have to talk about that a little bit. Um, we have shows that are in such a wide range. Um, I can take you on a scale from... Um, Shows so specific, such as all about breastfeeding, right? You know, yes. born to be breastfed, and that is one of our top shows on our health and wellness channel. It, it tends to to be between number one and number three. Important topic. Very exactly. So health and wellness, and then we have a really great show that's around intellectual property and you know everything. Everything that's of value to. You, that is you, right, which is within your mind, is intellectual property. And where's your real capital exist, right? So, and um, that's uh, the soul of enterprise, right? Business and the knowledge economy. So it's all about knowledge and the economy within that. And where do you go with that space? And um, I've got a new show coming up, which is going to be really interesting. And it's all about learning how to lead through horses, right? So, I mean, it's such a broad spectrum. So you get in with the herd and, and understand the herd mentality that every horse in that herd takes a leadership position at one time or another and they all have their own roles and yet they do it with effortless right so they oh that's going to be a great show so it's going to be interesting to see where that comes from and and 200 some odd other examples we could go through <laughs> well voice america is in over 160 countries with millions of listeners and it must be so fun to see how voice america has been growing and oh. in different different areas and different markets. Please share with us how Voice America is getting into TV. Oh, nice. So here comes Ryan. (laughs) Ryan, welcome back. Hey, it's great to be back. Great to be back. Uh, You guys were talking a little bit about about what Voice America is doing with TV. Uh, Back in 2010, Jeff Spinard launched uh, VoiceAmerica.tv, which was our first entry into into television-type content or IPTV. Uh, And that platform is a true IPTV and OTT set-top delivery communication mechanism uh, that is a uh, a network by itself but also has the capability of doing uh, multi-network streams inside of the given network. So if you can think about ESPN example there's espn espn u espn2 espn uh all espn anything you can think of um and so that environment is set up from a technology perspective to be deliverable online and across set top boxes in that manner Um, but here in the near future we're going to be taking it uh, another step further um as we add in true multimedia functionality to the platform for voiceamerica.com, where our hosts uh, that are with us and future hosts will be able to enjoy uh, the ability for uh, those radio shows to uh, uh, 
not just have on-demand content available on them for the radio stuff, but also on-demand video content. Uh, and then phase two of that will be integration of live video into the environment, uh, similar to what we're doing with our hosts who are using Zoom on the platform. Uh, so we'll continue using that as kind of a, uh, as a as a way to bridge the gap between radio and TV. But as you guys know, uh, video killed the radio star. So we've got to make sure that uh, uh, there's a video component of what we're doing along with our, our audio. But, uh, you know, we will we'll always continue to stand behind audio driven and audio delivered content because it is uh, the only portable piece of content that you can consume while multitasking. Uh, and so it'll continue to be that That's a really good that point. Way. Yeah. That's a really good point. It'll be fun to see how Voice America is launching into the TV area. So exciting. Thank you for sharing that, oh, Ryan. Really, really happy. So we've talked about the unique elements. What makes Voice America really just how they've become the, the leading network for original live internet talk radio. We were just sharing with Ryan how they're venturing into TV, but it was really fun to hear with Robert Cialino, our senior executive producer at Voice America, sort of taking us behind scenes and what it takes to, from all the way from concept to training and um, developing the show, and then, of course, hearing a little bit more about the studio and the equipment from Ryan. So thank you so much. So we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to talk a little bit more with Robert, Robert Chilino, Senior Executive Producer at Voice America, about his hobbies and how he balances time right after the break. So please join us. Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com My favorite coffee story is brought to you by Anikona Farm where every bean we grow represents a great story somewhere in the world. When you buy coffee from Anikona Farm, you're investing in new memories, stories, and experiences. We harvest our beans with your future story in our heart. So, from our heart to yours, enjoy the Anikona experience. May your coffee story be as rich and delicious as our Kona coffee with love. Please visit Anikona.com and get your Anikona Story coffee special today. Voice America is going live from Phoenix Comic Fest 2018. Tune in voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Check out all the fan favorites as we give you an inside look into the latest and greatest in film and television with on-site exclusive celebrity interviews, cosplay, comics, geekdom, and more May 25th and 26th starting at 1 p.m. Join the Voice America executives and Hollywood executives Summer Helene as we broadcast live on location. Check out hashtag Voice America, hashtag Behind the Scenes, and hashtag DYIG to follow the latest action on social media. Listen live at voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Voice America CEO Jeff Spinard and VP Ryan Treasure will be live on site at 2 p.m. Friday for a special broadcast of Finding Your Frequency Radio. Then join Hollywood bad guys Summer Helene on Behind the Scenes Live at 4 p.m. Tune in, Voice America. The leader in live internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. 
plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Informative, educational, insightful. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to my favorite coffee story with Aniko Samoji. Drop us a line and share your story. Our email address is orders at anikona.com. Again, that's orders at anikona.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to My Favorite Coffee Story. We are live at Digital Hollywood in Los Angeles. And we've been having a behind-the-scenes look at radio and coffee. And we've been having such fun with Robert Chilino, Senior Executive Producer at VoiceAmerica.com. And VoiceAmerica.com is a leading network for original live Internet radio. And we were sharing what makes unique that unique atmosphere at VoiceAmerica. Voice America, the team, about what it takes to produce a show, really going behind the scenes and sharing the stories that make a radio show work. And Robert shared with us, as well as Ryan Treasure joined us, and he's the VP of Broadcast Operations at Voice America. And we have a special guest who's joined us as well, Randall Libero. He's Senior Executive Producer at Voice America. Welcome, Randall. Thanks, thanks for having me on. So glad you've joined us. And you have more than 25 years of experience um, in TV and radio, and and uh, and it's just amazing how you also <laughs> developed Seventh Wave Channel at yeah, Voice America. Yeah, the Seventh Wave Network ran from 2006 to 2011. It was our number one channel for a few years, actually, uh, during that time. It was a very popular channel about all things spiritual and metaphysical and uh, there were some terrific hosts on that network, I'm, uh, so it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. It, you know, sometimes things run their course in, in the in the entertainment business. So uh, we that kind of transitioned into the empowerment channel, which is still running today. Right. You. It's amazing that you had over 50 million listeners for Seventh Wave, yeah, and was, great job, Randall. Thank you. So we were just going to chat a little further about a little bit more about hobbies and Robert. And how you balance your time, Robert is a really proficient guitarist and very interested in music. And it turns out that Randall is as well. So we're going to talk a little bit about... (laughs) We have a band. (laughs) You have a band. And so this is all about, you know, you're very creative and you do radio shows, but also balancing one's time. And what are some of the things that you like to do when you're not at Voice America? It sounds like you play in a band together. Yeah, Please share well, about that. Robert has guitars in his office. So why don't you talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Robert, tell us about the guitars in your office, please. I have a few guitars in my office. And really what they are is there are a couple on the wall. And one, they keep me happy because I love the guitars. And when I'm uh, in my office, I am uh, always trying to surround myself with things that make me happy all day long, right? So it's like you're yes. at home when you're at work, right? And the guitars are there for anybody that wants to come in and grab one and play. Randall comes in from time to time, grabs one, we're hanging out, we're talking about a concept or an idea, and I'll be over there just yeah. plucking a few strings, yeah. I'll grab one, and then we'll throw a few lines apart. But when we're doing it, we're talking about work as well, right? So we'll brainstorm a little, jam a little, or sometimes it's just like, 
oh, let's just take a quick break and, and just, you know, pick a few. You play a Johnny uh, Cash song yeah. or play, a, you know, whatever, whatever. <laughs> and just from memory. Just oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Just, just, you know, the chord progressions or whatever and have a little fun That's with it. that. But they're there for other people. Yeah. You know, I bring those guitars in to share. So if anybody to just share. needs to come in or they want to take one outside or, you know, we've got some amps that run on batteries so you could go outside and play a little and, and just bring them back when you're done. Kind of check them out and use them and come back. How did you develop your love of the guitar, Robert? Um, a long story that I'll make really short. <laughs> so um, so a, f- a few years back when I first moved to Arizona, I got really ill. I got very sick. And also I, I've, I'm a cancer survivor for 10 years now as well. So I got really, really sick. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't walk. Oh. I couldn't even, uh, the whole world was just spinning around me for almost oh, almost a year. And I felt ill with that. And during that time, I finally dragged myself up you know, out of bed as things started to help. The doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong. They, they poked me, they prodded me, they tapped my spine, they put wires on my head, and they're just like, we don't know what's wrong with you. You're just going to have to ride this out. And so we can always go into that story another day. So I rode this out and got healthy and, and um, got some workout equipment, started working out to bring myself back again because I was in bed flat on my left side forever and, with, uh, and really being ill and sick and couldn't hardly eat. And um, so as things came back to normal again, I started getting out of bed. I told myself, God, what are the things I really want to do in my life? And I thought, I really want to learn how to play the guitar. I mean, seriously, that was one of the things that was on my list. And, and that, and I dragged myself out of bed and bought my first domain name also, <laughs> thinking <laughs> I had this great epiphany, which I ended up selling later on for a lot of money. Um, not on purpose. It just happened to happen. And so epiphanies come. And so when I could drive again, and I couldn't drive for a long time even after that because the world was just shaking. And um, when I could finally drive again, I took my sister and my niece that was then in the a car seat, and we went on a search for a guitar. And we just we went all over the valley back then because, you know, the internet didn't have a whole lot of guitars on it. And so I buy this guitar, and um, I start to learn how to play it. And I start getting better and better. And then I moved on for a while, right, and stopped playing the guitar, right, and put it away for seven, eight years. And met my wife, Jennifer, and um, one day I'm digging through a closet, and here this guitar shows up again. That was about maybe six, eight months before I started working at Voice America, right? So I just started really learning how to play the guitar and teaching myself how to play the guitar because it came back to me, and I said, this is something I promised myself I would do. Yes. And I love this guitar, and I loved everything about it, so I started playing again, and then it just happened I came to Voice America, and I happened to bring it in one day on a Friday, I think, just because I was going to go take a lesson or something. And all of a sudden, Guitar Friday started at Voice America, and we all started playing together as a band. I mean, just... <laughs> well, and that's an in- just an inspiring story in itself, how you recovered from your illness, and that was something that you really wanted to learn. And uh, we're so glad that you're well. Thank and you. And so, Randall, how did you develop your interest in the guitar music? Um just because in that era of the, the mid and late 1960s, there was so much great music. We were listening to the radio and, you know, started with uh, early on and Beatles and oh, going yeah. to all the other groups. And and we had just my parents and the, had these little plastic guitars used to plunk in the basement. My brother learned to play the drums. So we'd be down there just plunking away, whatever. And I learned how to play bass initially. And then I figured out how to play six string. And it was just so much great music at that time period. But then as I got older, it really became sort of a, a foundation for me because of as you grow up and becoming a teenager in the turbulent 60s and early 70s, there was so much going on. 
but I found I found um, sort of my spiritual center through listening to George Harrison, and and uh, he talked about things on in music that I thought, what's he talking about? What is all these? You know, like an adult, you know, all things must pass out. And I started realizing there's a whole other dimension to life. So music introduced me to the world of of uh, an expanded way of thinking about the world and myself and through music. And, and I just wanted to learn how to play. When I was in high school, I was in a couple of bands. And we played on stage. And it was, uh, it was just a lot of fun to be able to do that for, for real and, and have that experience. And I just never... I saved up for a year and a half with my guitar uh, that I bought a Gibson in when I was in high school, which I sold to one of the crickets, Buddy Holly and the Crickets, Is in 1986. Right? I put that guitar up for sale. And really? this guy showed up, and he said, do you have a Gibson J45? And he said, yeah. He said, that's the guitar we used to use in the studio for all the Buddy Holly recordings. He says, I've been looking one for one for years. What so he, he was sitting there playing all the Buddy Holly songs on my guitar. I'm going, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he just so my guitar had a second life. Musical instruments do that. They have their own lives. It's separate from when we use them. And So people who, who are real musicians understand that, like B.B. King and Lucille. You have yes. a relationship in your chart. It's its own. It takes on its own life. So it may have a life after you or from you or whatever. Oh, yeah. Did you write any of your own songs? I have a couple chance? songs that I wrote that some were not too bad, actually. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Oh, thanks. Yeah. For, thanks for sharing. So it sounds like then guitar music is is one way how you can then just recharge and oh, yes. mm-hmm. uh, balance your time. And I bet your families and friends really appreciate all your good playing. And mm-hmm. do you have any upcoming performances? <laughs> oh, that's funny you ask that. And, you know, it's interesting is we had a had have a drummer in our band also, right? Um, Mr. Spinard. <laughs> Jeff Spinard. <laughs> he had the drum kit in the office for a long time. We would... Play a little bit here and there on Friday nights, a little drumming, a little guitar playing, the Voice America band. We need to get the band back together in that capacity, sir. Well, our, ne- our, <laughs> our network director, Sandra Rogers, oh, is yeah. a singer. Amazing singer. <gasps> She's an amazing mm-hmm. blues singer. And oh, there's really so good. much talent so, at Voice yeah. America. So, so uh, your upcoming performance, <laughs> so up- Robert. Upcoming performance is... Um, is this the one at the holiday? Yeah, it's the holiday <laughs> show. And it's awesome because... Um, my wife just happened to be singing happy birthday to someone, and all the ladies said, oh, my gosh, you sing so beautifully. Are you for hire? And she said, well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. Sure. <laughs> what are you doing for the holidays? Well, uh, you tell me. And all of a sudden, we have now a gig to play holiday songs for the Arizona Iris Society. So it's their annual event. So it'll be kind of fun. So we'll be their holiday entertainment. That'll be so great. <laughs> In and out, that'll be recorded, right, Robert? Oh, it's going to be recorded. We're going to do video. We're going to have a lot of fun with it. Oh, that sounds like a, fun, a lot of fun. Randall volunteered to be in it, too, didn't you? Yeah, I yeah, did. I guess I did. <laughs> <laughs> now you're stuck. <laughs> well, I love how you play with your neighbors oh, there yeah. oh, at so much Cave fun. Creek. That is so much fun. So you mentioned just briefly, tell me about your favorite bands. Um, my two favorite bands of all time are the Beatles and the Moody Blues. Oh, Those yeah. are my two favorites. Um, I've the long term. I was so excited they finally got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I voted for them. And I shared that around on the internet on my Facebook page. I was very happy that that happened. It's about time because um, they are a very innovative musical group. Um, they did a lot of things that no no one had ever done before. They created with the uh, Days of Future Past album that was the first rock and roll one. classical album. 
There was no one had ever done that before. It was very so unique. So when people who create things like that, I have a lot of respect for who have a vision that no one else is doing. So immediately I just said, these guys are just amazing. As amazing as the Beatles were, I had a lot of respect for the Moody Blues. But there was, uh, and then just following what, what, how music has changed over the years. I mean, the growth of all these different types of genres uh, from rock and roll, which really has its roots in Southern um, culture and uh, country and all that, you know, that rock and roll came out of that. And right. there's a couple of performers that all rock and roll, true rock and roll musicians known, know. And they just uh, honored one of the, there was a woman, uh, forget, who, who was that? The black performer, she was a, uh, well, she's an amazing guitarist. I've never oh. seen a film of her before. She, and, did she play uh, NSG, wasn't it? Yeah, was I, it I, don't I don't know. But, uh, you know, yes. so where things start and come from, I'm very interested in how the origin, the sto- the origin the stories origins. of where things, how things happen, um, the origins of bands, the origins of different styles of music, how something got created. In uh, Arab Phoenix, they have the Ameri- uh, the um, instrument museum. Oh, mu- yeah, musical instrument museum, and it's the world's largest collection of musical instruments. Is that right? It is in amazing. Phoenix. So in you Phoenix. can go there and yeah. see like the first Moog synthesizer, oh. and the first theremin that was made. Theremin was that oh, yeah. instrument yes, that that's does right. that um, display, and then they have the stories of bands and how they started, going all the way back early, early, and it. It's ama- it takes hours to go through the the museum to look at all that, but and their music, international music, instruments from all over the world, that even were created two hundred years ago. That's I mean, amazing. all sorts of things. That's it's an great. amazing place. It really just, is. So you really got to expand your your mind as far as what is music and how has it grown culture and society and artistry and it's just a it's it's. it's as as cool as all technology and digital technologies and all the other stuff, music is universal. And how people create music out of guy beating on a, on a with a stick on a you know on a on a piece of piece of leather or something you know who knows where it, it comes really from. It really ties us together. Yeah, really, really very does. universal. Yep. Absolutely. And as we close here, Robert and Randall, and we've talked a little bit about how you balance your time and some of your hobbies, and we've gone behind the scenes and what it takes to produce a radio show. I was wondering if I could ask, your your next event is going to be the Comic-Con event in Phoenix, uh, which is in a few days. Please share with us as we close in about a minute. <laughs> We're going to love that. So Phoenix Comic-Con has um, now been changed to Phoenix Comic Fest. Oh, Comic Fest. The Comic right. Fest. I know, it's hard, to, it's hard to get used to that. <laughs> so we'll be leaving here, jetting back to Phoenix and setting up for the event. It's going to be amazing because we're going to be interviewing a lot of amazing people. We also have Summer Helene. Uh, she does a show with us as well. Yes. And um, she works in production at a major studio. Which studio pa- is it? Paramount. 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 Yeah. Paramount. yeah. And um, she's going to be bringing a lot of really interesting flavor and flair to that as well. A lot of really great interviews to that space. And then we'll be we'll be interviewing just tons of who really kn- interesting, interesting. Yeah, interviews. Yeah. Yes, uh, all sorts of uh, they have performers there. I mean, there's all sorts of things happen. Just go on the go on their site and take a look at it. But it, it, oh, that's going to be a great event. But you can tune into 
voiceamerica.com live events and hear everything that we're all the people that we're interviewing i think our listeners would love that so thank you for joining us randall libero and robert chilino and ryan treasure thanks for joining us on my favorite coffee story and listeners we've been so glad you've joined us as we've been live at digital hollywood today so we've been sharing stories about what it's like behind the scenes producing a radio show and some favorite coffee stories along the way and how coffee plays such a part in our days. So thank you for sharing. Of course, we have at anikona.com our gift for our listeners. You can continue questions at radio at myfavoritestory.com. And we wish you a wonderful week, and we wish you a wonderful aloha. Thank you for taking an hour out of your busy week to join us on My Favorite Coffee Story. Please tune in again for another edition with your host, Aniko Samoji, next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, we hope you'll have a relaxing week.